This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton and Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Leticia Chan, a oral health therapist, here with us today to talk about her cultural identities and the things she's passionate about. Kia ora, Leticia. Oh, kia ora. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's nice to be here. Uh, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, yeah, so kia ora. My name is Leticia. Um, I am an oral health therapist, um, originally from Christchurch, but I have just moved up to Northland, so a bit far from home, but still pretty cool, but yeah. Um, how is it like just moving to a really completely different city? <laughs> yeah, I've well, I've done it a couple of times. So, like when I was originally living in Christchurch, I moved um, randomly up to Wellington for a couple of years, and it was probably my first experience of being away from my like hometown and my family and all of that. And I found it it's a bit daunting, but it was also like the first time I felt like an individual, mm. which was really cool. Um, and then from going down to dental school in Dunedin it was just kind of moving around everywhere yeah opposite end of the country so yeah so it's it's pretty cool it takes a bit of adjusting but I quite like exploring new places and all of that kind of stuff so it's it's always pretty cool that's great and you were in dental school in Dunedin um uh, what were you studying then I studied um a bachelor of oral health Mm. so um now I'm an oral, I'm an oral health therapist, so mm. yeah, so it's pretty good to be done with the study, though. But yeah, <laughs> I can imagine for you guys. No, I, I can relate to that. I graduated in 2020, and I don't think I can go back to studying like ever again. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But it takes so long to get um out of the mode of studying because um especially because it's my first year um out of study now. Ah. And um, I find that when I get home, I'm just kind of twiddling my thumbs trying to figure out what to do because I'm so used to being at the library, like studying or like preparing for an exam or something. And now I've just got nothing to do. Yeah, because as a student, you always have something to do. Mm. (laughs) You just kind of like feel like something's always looming over your shoulders. Like, it's all done. (laughs) (laughs) Might be just the trauma of being a student. Like. Oh wow! Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, um, it must be a big change for you as well to start working, and you're currently working at the Northland yeah. DHB. Yep. So, um, I am working on a um mobile dental clinic based at a um high school at the moment, and it's very full on, but it's it's really cool. I get to see a bunch of different um different types of people, and um, we have quite a lot of even young 
children that come in from the surrounding areas as well um so i get to see lots of different people and everyone's really lovely and that's pretty pretty cool yeah really what made you um want to do oral health um so when i when i was really young i remember my my mum and dad both were terrified of the dentist um and i remember when i got my first wiggly tooth i was too scared to tell my parents because i thought it was a bad thing because i hear my dad be like oh no i have to go to the dentist and <laughs> freaking out about it and um and then when they found out that i had a wiggly tooth i cried and i was real upset and then they were like no it's fine like they, you just have to go to the dentist and like meet them they're actually not too bad and then the um back then it would have been a dental therapist that i would have had um that was based at the school and um she was really really lovely and she gave me like glitter so it was very dust and it was just such a fun time and then i just really really found it quite interesting from then on um and i worked as a dental assistant for a wee bit um before i studied as well so that kind of really confirmed my liking to it but um yeah that's probably why i ended up doing it yeah that's so beautiful like the experience you had growing up that was like you know it must be meaningful for you to embark in this journey till today you know yeah definitely Uh, because um i just i always find that you know it's always our parents generation that's just quite scared of it and I, i want to be able to help make the next generation find it a little bit nicer like how the one that i saw um, was like for me so hmm. yeah it's pretty pretty much how I got into it yeah and you mentioned the mobile um dental is it a, a mobile dental clinic yeah yeah so it's so it's pretty much like kind of because there's a couple of different types so the one that I'm on has got two chairs so I've got another oral health therapist down the other end so it's kind of like a big truck uh-huh. And it's got steps and it just it's parked on the school grounds at the moment and then the we just get the kids over from class. Mm-hmm. Um but then some of them the, that are just a single unit, they are like basically just revamped caravans with a dental chair. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, but um very compact. Uh, <laughs> do you like kids as well? Is that why you situated it at at high school? Yeah, um yeah, pretty much. Or well, I think it's just a part of going into um like as an oral health therapist you can kind of go into the community or the, um, the public sector like how I have and um mm. that's dealing with like quite a lot of kids and then otherwise you could go into private practice and you're more doing hygiene stuff and seeing like adults and some adolescents and stuff but I really like kids because I've got I come from a family with millions of cousins and just grew up with lots and lots of kids around so um <laughs> yeah so that was kind of why I really enjoyed being around the kids and stuff. That's great. Yeah, a big family. Um, let's talk about your cultural identity because it's it's very special. It's very different because you are uh, part Maori and part Pakeha. Yep. Can you share with us that that story, that side of you? Yeah. So um, my to my mum's side, um, I'm Maori. So I um. My iwi uh, rangitani ki wairo ngati kuia ngati apa ki tirato in um, kaitahu. So my um, my mum wasn't re- didn't really grow up with too much of a um, big attachment to her culture because it was kind of the era where um, she didn't really embrace it too much and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but 
when, once I came along, she kind of got more into it. So I was quite lucky that I was able to be a bit more immersed in my culture than what my mum was. But um, but yeah, and then on my dad's side, my dad's just your standard Kiwi um, Pākehā man. And um, so it's kind of like I live in both worlds a little bit. But um, yeah, so. Hmm. How was hmm. that growing up? It was, um, yeah, it, it was pretty, pretty cool. Like, oh, it was interesting. So I kind of found, like, I had to kind of find a way to exist in both sides of sides of it. Like, because um, I don't come across as, like, really stereotypically Māori. Like, I've got, like, um, I'm, like, a bit lighter skinned than a lot of other Māori that you'd see. And then so I always felt like I had a little something to prove. Or um, even though, you know, whakapapa is the only thing that you really need to determine you as being Māori, um, which was something I really had to um, learn along my years. But, yeah, and then that's pretty much, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there a time in your life where you um, were learning about, you know, have, being belong in your body with your two worlds? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I think it's kind of an ongoing process, I guess. Um, I think to a certain extent, I'm still, that's something I'm still learning now. Um, I think the biggest thing was when I was growing up and with my nan, my nan on my mum's side, who is Māori, um, she kind of taught me where we were from and um, showing me, you know, talk, telling like the family stories and stuff like that and knowing who my tipuna are and um knowing who I descend from and all the stories behind it. So that was kind of what really made me feel attached to it, mm-hmm. like knowing all the all the all behind everything. So, um, yeah, I think that would be probably. Mm. That is beautiful. I love when people talk about, like, how their grandmas taught them about, you know, yeah. the, their culture, the history in their, in their family. That is beautiful. Yeah. Um, my nan, my nan used to um, always, like, she'd always have muscles, like the, the shellfish muscles. And she'd, I remember she would always tell me stories and stuff while she'd make me stand alongside her and, um, and shuck them at the kitchen counter. And um, she'd be like, oh, your great, great, great portal did this and blah, blah, blah. And so it was, um, yeah, it's just always a memory I have with my nan. And she'd always talk about stuff like that and show me old photos. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Like um, those stories, they are rare because you can only um, like you can only find them by talking to your grandparents. Like if if they tell you about it and you know about it, you know. Mm And hopefully, yeah, definitely something that you treasure as well, because you know your mm. grandparents aren't going to be around forever. And my nan's passed on now, but I like still remember the stories and stuff she's told me, and um, all of that for the rest of my life, pretty much. But yeah, so I feel quite happy that I got to share that with her. Mm. That's amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Leticia, for oh. sharing that part of you. Um, so this show is about multicultural women in New Zealand so um, I'm really glad that they could hear a side uh, a story of a um, part Pakeha and part um, Maori women you know yeah <laughs> um, so let's talk about your passions and hobbies um, mm-hmm. so the I should probably mention this but um, 
I got to know Leticia from Violina, a friend of mine who was also on the show um, a few episodes back. Um, and you mentioned that you knew Le- you knew Violina from a band <laughs> that you yes. guys played. <laughs> so um, we were both at um, dental school at the same time, um, and we they have this thing called the Dent the Dent Review, and um, it's kind of like a bunch of skits and all of that kind of stuff, just poking fun at like the dental faculty and all of that kind of stuff. And um, we, unfortunately, we couldn't go ahead with um, with the dent review because it was um, like the peak of, I think we went into lockdown and it was just a bit too much hassle trying to sort it out. But um, we were in the, um, the band for that. So we had a bunch of songs that we changed all the words to and... Um, like made it about dentistry which was quite niche but it was oh it was really cool really good fun yeah it must be fun just working with your friends you know and yeah definitely yeah something you guys can relate to it was a good way to meet new people from the faculty as well because I feel like you kind of stick to your silos a little bit but um but yeah we got to meet a like different like the dentistry students and the oral health students and um dent tech as well as postgrad Mm. too and so it was quite cool coming together and um, just having a jam and singing and well, it was cool. Yeah, because otherwise you wouldn't like meet those different faculties, right? Like in different like levels of studies. Yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. Like I think also the levels, I feel like you'd get to know the level that you entered the Newton School with quite well. Mm. But um, yeah, the, uh, the ones that are either the year behind you that came in, you don't really get to meet them very often. Mm. But yeah, so it was quite quite cool to be able to do that. Yeah, it was great you got involved. Um, so what do you play? Um, so I play a little bit of ukulele and a little bit of guitar. Um, and I sing quite a bit as well. But yeah, still still learning how to do certain things on the guitar. Like I've got a couple of strums that I need to work on doing. And But yeah. That's amazing. Well, you know, it's always good to have passions because I know you're busy with work and everything, but you have something else that's 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 part of you that you do. Mm, mm. Definitely. Mm. What else are you passionate about? Um, what else am I passionate about? It's a bit cliche, but like, um, but teeth, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, more more so, just kind of you know improving oral health because especially being up here seeing what it's like up here it's quite um overwhelming seeing how um high needs some communities are and um so improving oral health is probably the biggest the biggest one um yeah I feel like when I get home from work I'm just back into just looking over you know journal articles or you know reading up about certain things partially because I'm like more of a new graduate um, mm. still kind of finding my place in the industry but also just something I've become quite passionate about but yeah it's really good that you have passion for it like um, you know it's hopeful for students um, when yeah. Yeah, when they are graduating and you know when they are choosing a course that they want um, mm. to always choose something that they're passionate about because yeah in the end of the day, you know, it's what makes you feel good. Um, Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's like, if you find it rewarding, then it's not really work. Mm. Like, it, you know, 
a purpose more so but um yeah and I'm also quite passionate about because from growing up um being a bit more immersed in my um te ao Māori a little bit um for a while there I um have tried to combine um like my passion for te ao Māori with my work as well mm-hmm. so um especially like while I was at dental school I did a bit more of it but um I wanted to be able to utilize te reo Māori a bit more within um working as a clinician so um I was quite lucky when I first arrived up here I was um based at a school that had a bilingual unit so I got to speak te reo Māori with some of the kids there so um that was really really rewarding um too so I want to kind of be more involved in that in the long run but mm-hmm. yeah so that's probably another thing I'm quite passionate about but yeah how um like you mentioned that um there is like a bilingual um sorry um so how else do you input te ao Māori in your work that you can share yeah, with so, us yeah so um well when we have lots of like patients that are Māori and stuff um you know it's quite important to really understand where they come from and you know um I find for patients that can speak Māori it's quite it's really quite nice to be able to um kōrero in te reo Māori with them um to a certain aspect um I found that was something I found quite tricky when I first started at um, dental school because I knew I was proficient enough in te reo Māori for like you know basic conversations and stuff like that but I'd never really spoken about teeth or anything like that so I kind of tried to compile as much um you know dental translations as I could and you know try and figure out what kind of things I could say when speaking with them and the one thing I've really found with um working up here when I have had Māori patients and like it's been quite daunting for them and being able to you know calm them down and to do Māori just has been really really quite quite helpful and you know it's a scary like for most people it's a scary place to go to and to feel like for a um a Māori child to feel a bit more seen and you know and make it a little bit more um comforting and a bit more familiar I guess no I can totally relate to that like as a migrant like any like if Mm. I hear um for example like if I hear a Malay song on the radio you know Mm -hmm. that makes me feel like oh okay I I, it makes me feel good it makes me feel belong and like I love that you thought about that Mm. hmm yeah no definitely it's so important um and also like you are basically representing um mm. <laughs> yourself uh, as a maori um when you're working so um that must have helped some um patients yeah. <laughs> mm. and i think to a certain aspect it helps me too because it kind of i feel more like myself when i am you know embracing that side of me so um being able to kind of incorporate it into what I do every day has been has been really cool. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Alicia, oh. for sharing with us. Um, I do want for us to talk about well-being. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, you must be a really busy person. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got yeah. off work to talk to me today. Um, and, you know, I myself am quite busy and I need to have reminders about 
well-being, which is why I do this show uh, for yeah. myself and also for other people as well. Um, so how do you take care of your well-being? Yeah, uh, so it's kind of a work in progress. So I just have always been the kind of person that just I take on a lot all the time, but um, I've been kind of trying to take a step back a lot more um, recently. And um, I remember there when when we were studying, we learned about like um, this thing called Te Whare Tapafa, which is like a Māori health model where it has like the four, have you heard of it before? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of was trying to think like, you know, I'm getting burnt out, especially when I first started um, working, like that transition from uni to um, work was a lot harder than I thought it would be. And I felt myself getting quite burnt out. And I was just like, what's some way that I could kind of try and make sure I'm, you know, maintaining my well-being? And then so I was like, oh, te whare tapafa, like maybe try and, you know, utilize each aspect. So for like, you know, physical would be like, okay, I'll go for a walk for like 20 minutes or I'll, you know, do a workout and for, you know, um, social, I'll like call my dad and have a talk to him or go and catch up with a friend. And um, yeah, it's just all the different aspects of that. I kind of, if I do at least one of each, then I feel a little bit, um, I feel like I've accomplished something for one, which helps me relax for some reason, but makes me feel a little bit more calmer. Hmm. I am so glad you mentioned uh, Te Whare Tapafa. I think it's such an amazing tool for anyone to learn yeah. about. Um, so I just recently um, learned about it, um, even though I've been in New Zealand for a while. And I think it just changed my life, you know, because mm. um, sometimes we're not aware of the kind of well-being um, yeah. aspect that we keep taking care of, that we um, forget about some parts of mm. it. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. Even like um the, the wider aspects, so like spirituality or um all of that kind of stuff, um like whether it's to do something with whatever your religion is or just taking time out to kind of sit and just appreciate your surroundings and your environment yeah. and stuff. And nature, just, yeah. Nature in particular. So I'm quite lucky where I live, um, at the moment. I'm quite close to some really, really beautiful beaches. So I've been and I've got like a wee deck at, um, at my flat that I live in. Oh, so I get to kind of see the sunrise when I get up really early for work and just like take a time to just kind of be like, okay, cool. I like it here. It's nice. Uh -huh. And yeah, so yeah. It's something I wish I kind of started doing a lot earlier in my life, mm. but noticed it works a bit more. Yeah, that's interesting. Eh? There are things that we just realized that works for us and we just mm. wish that we knew before. Um, I used to hate writing, but then mm. I, when I started journaling um, during the lockdown, I realized it really works for me. Like, mm. oh, wow, I didn't realize how good it made me feel until oh, yeah. I was very intentional about it. Mm. Mm. Oh, I definitely can agree. Yeah. Um, and I also like the first part when you said that um, taking a step back, you know, as a busy mm. person, you don't want to do more things. <laughs> no, I, I find that I used to just kind of, put, I would try and, you know, stop myself from getting burnt out. But then at the same time, I'm just adding things to my to-do list. Yeah. And, um, and I'm just like, that's not working. <laughs> so exactly. Just, you know, prioritize a bit better and, you know, prioritize myself a little bit more. Mm. 
Now that's a that's a really good one. Thank you so much, Leticia. Oh, and thank you so much for being here today on our show. I really appreciate you sharing your story, and I I love getting to know you. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Do you have any uh, final words to share to our listeners? Yeah, just you know, take it easy and have a good one. Mm, that's yeah. really good advice. I think a lot of people need to hear <laughs> that. that. I need- need to follow it myself sometimes yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, we're all a work in progress i guess yeah thank you leticia thank you that is the end of our episode of the ironality today i hope you learn a lot about leticia's story on how she is part pakeha and maori and growing up in those two worlds her passion for oral health and how she takes care of her well-being using te fare tabafa if anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.